you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show, presented by DraftKings. Here's your host, Marcus Grant. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show, presented by DraftKings. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, still masking and socially distancing when and where necessary. And a big Wednesday show for you, including some big news uh, that just broke before we started recording this show. So uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. But we do have a couple of Thanksgiving Day games to preview. So Adam Rank will help me with that. He'll also have his Week 12 starts and sits. We'll also do the wire taps, the guys that you may have scored off the waiver wire and uh, whether or not you want to give them a shot in your lineup this week. But before we do that and more, we'll talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. And uh, Murph, I know usually, I know this time of year you like to get away and, and, and get back home maybe for Thanksgiving to see the folks. I know that's not going to happen. Uh, so what, uh, anything on the the agenda for you for Thanksgiving Day this year? Yeah, I have to uh, I have to bake a, a few pies now. And I, I usually do the cooking and my girlfriend does the baking for whatever reason. We're swapping uh, rolls this Thanksgiving. She's going to make some some stuffing, uh, Italian style stuffing. And I'm going to go with the uh, bacon sweet potato pies here. But uh, I'm going to get wild with it. Uh, my, my normal recipe, I'm going to uh, vary on the second pie. So usually um, it's just like, you know, milk, egg, sugar, sweet potato. Um, but the second one, I'm going to uh, do some vanilla extract and some brown sugar and then see how that one uh, is compared to my original recipe that I top with uh, with marshmallows. So I'm excited just on that to see if my new creation is somehow better than the original. I will tell you that I, when I make my sweet potato pies, I actually do use brown sugar and vanilla extract. So oh, uh, I, I, I will already endorse that. Uh, also, for my variation, I've started making kind of a pecan pie topping, sort of, well, with the okay. pecans and the uh, the kind of the caramel uh, that that as well. So, uh, but I, I fully endorse uh, experimenting with pies. I think it's uh, I think it's a good call. So that's uh, great. I'm glad we to, spoke I, about it. Now I know. Yeah, yeah. So I look forward to, to you know chatting with you after Thanksgiving and, and getting uh, your your thoughts on, on how it turned out. So that should be cool. I was just gonna say uh, I expect uh, a lot of text from me uh, asking you for for some tips and seeing uh, if it tasted uh, the way it's supposed to. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm always down to taste pies. <laughs> um, uh, all right, let's join now with Adam Rank, who sits with us every Wednesday. Uh, you and I were talking before the show about about turkey and how you. I feel like I've seen a lot of turkey slander on my Twitter yeah. timeline. I, I don't As know that should. I defend it wholeheartedly, uh, but I've just been sort of surprised that there has been a turkey backlash this year. I don't I don't really get it because it's fine. Like it's just one of the things. Like I don't look forward to turkey like i don't look forward to hanging out with my family it's just something that i have to do you know what i'm saying um i was you know it just it's fine like i like here's the thing about whether you really like turkey or don't like turkey how many do you go to boston market and just randomly in august and be like you know what i could use some bird right now i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna have a i'm gonna have a, outside of when my wife was pregnant haven't been to that place 
And no disrespect to the, the fine folks who run that establishment because your stuffing is amazing. And I would love to try this Italian. I've had, actually I've had Italian style stuffing and it is good, but I want to try Eddie's is what I meant. So I just, I get it. Like, I don't, I don't want to be the guy who just, it's a, it's a holiday thing. You know, it's like, I understand what it is, but don't try to sell it to me. Like it's something great. Cause it's not, it's just something that we do out of tradition. That's fair. Like I said, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and try to like defend Turkey. I don't have any strong feelings one way or another. It just seems like this is the year that people have sort of uh, decided to rise up as one. It's Mina's fault. Mina's the one who's causing all of this. This is true. (laughs) She's the one. Like she is the one. (laughs) Uh, That's probably true. Uh, So I don't know. I will have some Turkey tomorrow. Um, you know, I tried to not, I tried to buy just a turkey breast instead of a whole bird because it just didn't make sense. So I will try to also dispose of it uh, as quickly as possible. Um, all right, uh, let's get into some fantasy headlines, including, as I mentioned, a big one that just hit literally moments before we started recording this show. And that is that the Ravens and Steelers game, which was scheduled uh, as the nightcap, as the third of the three games on the Thanksgiving Day slate. It has been moved to Sunday afternoon. Now, um, as of the time of of recording the show, we don't know exactly when the kickoff is going to be. The league has just announced it, so there's still some details uh, that I'm sure will come out. Probably by the time uh, you listen to this or you watch this streaming show, uh, you will probably know a little bit more than we do right now. But uh, I mean, Rank, I don't know if there's much to say other than I guess it's not really a surprise considering the number of positive COVID tests that had popped up on the Ravens side, it, it just seemed like this This sort of seemed to be in the offing for a while. So I guess nobody's really shocked by it. No, and I know that a couple of Steeler players have tweeted out because they seem to have been on the, the unfortunate end in a couple of instances with the Titans and now the Ravens where they've been forced to, you know, make some adjustments on their end, you know, and they're a team going for a perfect record. So I understand. I'm not going to say anything, but I understand everything that they get. The, the fans, though, like – the fans, we can all chill. And I think the fans have been pretty cool about this. And I understand it's disappointing. This is a game that we are all looking forward to and everything like that. But, of course, the number one thing is safety and making sure that every precaution is taken. And if I have to lose the third game on Thanksgiving this for this one year to make sure that everybody's safe and we're taking the proper protocols, then I think that's fine. And I think we'll move on and we'll enjoy the game on Sunday afternoon. It's more time to play Monopoly with our family. And uh, there you go. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, we just go and fire up uh, into the Spider Verse for the, you know, umpteenth time. Oh my, my God, my kids are so into like you. I'm sure um, Q goes through this. Like you go through cycles of movies, and uh, Into the Spider Verse has now worked itself back into the rotation. I could not be happier. Oh, it's great! I love it. It is an all-time superhero movie, without a doubt. May Uh, I say one thing though? I I know that people are here for football. First of all, Miles Morales (laughs) is a different. I love Miles, but I think Jake Johnson's. Peter Parker might be my favorite of all time. Peter Parker of all time. He he is great as Peter Parker. I don't know. Again, this is a football show, but whatever. Because he is, uh, he's sort of down on his luck. Like real life has slapped him in the face repeatedly. Version of Peter Parker. Yeah. Uh, and so I think you know maybe maybe it's because as I get older, uh, I relate more to that Peter it's Parker. <laughs> so who knows? Uh, all right. Uh, Over to Chicago, David Montgomery has cleared concussion protocol and is on track to play this week against the Packers. Uh, Obviously, Brank, I know you watch the Bears very closely. You have certainly been frustrated with the offensive line play there. But the matchup is really good because the Packer run defense hasn't been good this year. So how much would you trust 
David Montgomery against Green Bay? It's a difficult one for me because there's no teams on a bye this week, which means everybody's in play and everybody's ready to go. And when I look at the situation in Chicago, specifically for the offensive line, I don't know that I don't know how much I trust this offense. I wish they would just kind of break out the tech mobile offense. And I'm not talking super <laughs> tech mobile. I'm talking about the first one where there was four plays to choose from. Like, what are, just run it, just run them straight. Like, see what happens. I don't know if the run. I don't know. I, I feel like Bears fans, and I'm going to do a Bears show tonight. They've they've now worn me down because I feel like I was the last. Like as as I was the last Cutler fan, I was also the last Nagy fan, and so I'm. I don't know if they're slowly wearing me down, but a lot of it too, though. I just look at it. I'm like, it's got like guys. Like the offensive line is not playing well. I don't. I still don't think that we've <laughs> seen this offense fully formed. And I think a part of it's a product of, of the offensive line having injuries over the years, not drafting well at the position and not attacking it in free agency like they should have. So I don't know that it's a David Montgomery issue or even if it's a Matt Nagy issue. But uh, but as for this week, I guess that there's a long answer for a short of like, yeah, I'm apprehensive. <laughs> I, I get it, especially as you mentioned with with no teams on a buy. So you're generally your full complement of running back should be available to you. I, I can understand putting him in as a flex just because the matchup is so good. There's also the issue of who's going to be the quarterback because as of <laughs> this exact moment, we don't know who's going to start at quarterback. It looks like it's probably not going to be Nick Foles. Uh, it could be that they're back to Mitchell Trubisky. I want it to be Tyler Bray simply because I just want to break out the hashtag Eat Bray Love for the week. Um, yeah. So that's just for my own self. That's for my own selfish purposes is what I want. That's um, perfect. So we'll see. It is. It's great. Eat, Wait, eat can I say something, though? Awesome. Like, how does yes. every team, like P.J. Walker last week goes out there, looks like a competent NFL quarterback. How, how do the Bears never find anybody ever? Like, there's never a situation. I guess McCown was probably the closest, and we blew it by bringing Cutler. Like, I even say this as a Cutler fan. Like, <laughs> probably shouldn't have brought Cutler back that season. When McCown was playing so well. We never find we like we never stumble into a guy. There, there's like we never stumble into a Gardner Minshew or anything like that. It's always <laughs> like, nope, we wasted a second overall pick for the guy who didn't turn out to be good. And so it just I don't know. It gets more frustrating. And I just wish, I don't know, my my whole whatever. I'm just mad. <laughs> anyway, uh, by the way, to your Tech Mobile point, I'll never forget uh, needing to beat the Bears one season in that game uh, to make it to the playoffs. Worried about Neil Anderson running all over me, and instead it was Matt Suey that scored a couple of uh, back touchdowns. That can't. helps no one. I just one. can't. That helps no one. Uh, what could help some folks is Austin Eckler, who looks like he should be back. He's going to begin practicing this week. The Chargers still unsure whether or not he's going to play in Week 12, but... Uh, as long as we've waited for Austin Eckler and knowing his role in this offense, is it as simple that if he plays for the Chargers, he plays for you? I really do believe that's the case. I mean, obviously, we saw what happened when Christian McCaffrey returned. They got him. They did, they did not hesitate to dial him up for 30 or 30 touches. That's close to it, you know. And we talked about it leading into that show. And I was saying the same thing, like, they're not going to not use Christian McCaffrey. I know I used a double negative there. <laughs> it, it obviously now I look stupid because he's hurt again and he's probably not going to play until week 14, which is kind of a bummer, but I'm making the playoffs with that team anyway. So I don't care. Anyways, Austin Eckler, if you want, I, I know that it's weird to just watch his videos and be like, there's no way that he's, there's no way he's going to stand on the sideline and let Tony Lynn tell him not to go onto the field. Like he's just going to go, he's going to run onto the field. 
I don't care what happens. If Austin Eckler is playing for the LA Chargers, he's playing for my team. And I have a, I have a squad, Marcus. I was looking on it today. This kid was offering me a trade. And I go, hey, I, I don't want to make a trade because, like, this will seem like collusion because, you know, like, I'm not in the playoffs. And he goes, go look at the standings again because my team is uh, four and seven. I'm tied for the sixth wild card spot. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm in. So I'm like, make this trade because I got Eckler. I just made a deal. I got Justin Herbert. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I'm excited. So I I feel like that team's going to win because that team's so good but just had injuries. And now I feel like I'm going to win it all. So I'm excited. I want Austin Eckler back and playing and rolling, and I have no hesitation with that. I wouldn't hesitate either. I mean, if they're if he's healthy enough to be on the field and seeing what they've done with Kalen Balaj, the fact that they've made Kalen Balaj fantasy relevant over the last couple of weeks, I feel pretty confident that if Austin Eckler's out there, uh, he's going to do some work. So if he's back, start him. Uh, you know, I don't care about the matchup. Just put him in the lineup. That's um, close to Julio Kalen Balaj slander, which I'm not going to sit for. Well, look, I I have I have been on the hype train for Kalen Balaj. I know last year he was a, a fantasy punchline, but this year he's been good. Um, you know, I, I'm willing to put him in the list of Adam Gaze expats, like guys who've gotten away from Adam Gaze and then turned out to be productive. I think he's uh, I think he's earned entry into that club now. So it's all good. All right. Well, you I um, just wanted to I want for, listen for as much work as yeah. I've done defending USC receivers. I think that you can help me out with former ASU players. Just as a, just as a up, train. Man. Forks up, forks up. I'm, I'm down. I'm down. Right. <laughs> um, uh, Julio Jones still dealing with a hamstring injury. And right now the Falcons are saying he could be a game time decision against the Raiders. This is one rank where I look at it and we've seen Julio get out there. And when he's less than 100 percent, a lot of times he is sort of a decoy. Maybe he gets a couple of targets. But it's just so hard to sit him. I mean, what what are you doing if you've got Julio and you're hearing the words game time decision right now? Then I will be waiting to game time to make that decision if he's ready to go. I know that a lot of times he goes out there and he is this, like you said, a decoy. I think that's the perfect way to put it. I want to know what receivers you're starting over him. I mean, if you're flush with wide receivers, if somehow you have DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, and Julio, and you're trying to decide through the three – well, I think it's a pretty easy decision. But if you have Julio and your decision is, and I, th- this isn't to besmirch T. Higgins or somebody like that, you have a realistic, like, okay, I think I'm going to play Julio. Like, I'm, I'm going to take that upside over T. Higgins' upside, especially with the change at quarterback to Brandon Allen. So I I think that check the rankings, but I, for the most part, I don't think that we have so many great options that Julio's upside is not worth taking a chance on. Let me know. Tweet us. And let us. Know. And by the way, I know our producer is getting in my ear, and you'll hear my phone vibrating in the background. I'm waiting for an important phone call. I gotta, I gotta schedule a medical thing, and it's like they never call back. So I have to have my phone ready. So everybody, chill out. You're gonna have to listen to my phone buzzing because I'm not missing this call. Uh, so anyway, that's a way of saying start Julio Jones. Uh, which yeah, yeah, I sort start of Julio. With. Yeah, that, that was the point. It's, which which I, I agree with. It's just frustrating because, you know, we, we seem to do this dance a lot every year now. Um, and you just never know which Julio is going to show up. But the ceiling is always so high uh, that you will kick yourself if you sit him and he has a Julio Jones type game. Um, last bit of news. Joe Burrow, uh, it is what a lot of us feared. It is a pretty significant knee injury, torn ACL, MCL. There's some other structural damage in there. The Bengals, however, are optimistic that he'll be ready for the start of 2021. So that is good news for him. 
good news for the Bengals, good news if you have him uh, on a dynasty team. But in the short term, we've talked about what this means for the wide receivers, and, and we're sort of both you know, still on the Tyler Boyd train. But Gio Bernard, who's the, the running back for the foreseeable future with Joe Mixon on IR, what does a quarterback change mean for him in this offense? I'm not, I'm not sure it's going to mean too much. And I know that it's – I mean, I really love Gio, so maybe this is me projecting. But last year, and I know they're not going with Ryan Finley right now, he made three starts. And they weren't – two of them weren't – great. actually, they, none of them were great, but two of them were against the Ravens and the Steelers, which is like, okay, what are we doing here? Why are you starting – why are you making this change against the – I remember this last year. It's like when I was teaching my daughter how to ride a scooter. I didn't put her on a three-wheeler. I gave her a two-wheeler. I'm like, you're just going to have to learn – and you're going to go, and she hated me for a while, but you know what? She's a she's a G out there rolling around on a two-wheeler where all her little friends got their little <laughs> three-wheelers going, so I think I made the right decision. But I did went back. I did go back to look at that game where they played it, where Finlay started against the Raiders, and the Bengals RB1 that day had 86 rushing yards. He had a touchdown. I think he had one reception for around 17 yards or something like that, which is pretty good. And I feel like as long as he's not starting against the Ravens or Steelers, that we can expect something around 100 scrimmage yards. You know, there's always going to be an opportunity for a touchdown. Let's say let's say 90 scrimmage yards. And there's always going to be an opportunity for a touchdown. Hopefully he gets a couple of receptions to get you into double digits. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned about it. I feel like they're always going to be in a game script where they're going to need offense. So I'm, I'm still with Gio this they week. Can add me to that one. I, I, I tend to agree, uh, especially I look, at the, look at the schedule. The next couple games, or two of the next three games, I should say, are against the Giants and the Cowboys, so the matchups tend to be a little bit more favorable. The one thing we have known about Geo is that when the Bengals are in catch-up mode, which you know, tends to be frequently because their defense has not been good, uh, they had him on the field anyway in those two-minute drives and those passing situations. So uh, I feel like you can still feel okay about Geo Bernard, uh, and especially as long as Mixon – uh, is unavailable. He's going to get a pretty significant workload. Uh, he pretty much is going to be the running back of record there in Cincinnati. All right. Uh, today's show is sponsored by DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week, so download the DraftKings app now. Use code TEAM during sign-up and start feeling the sweat like never before. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. It's time for Secure Starts presented by Visa for peace of mind online. Visa's got you covered. Uh, normally, we wait till a little bit later on in the show to do Adam Rank's starts and sits. But this week, uh, we had a couple of Thanksgiving day, day games to preview. So figure let's get this done now. Let's preview the games. Uh, this is sort of like the, uh, I don't know, the, the stuffing portion, and then we can move on to the pie or whatever. Uh, I'm trying to make bad Thanksgiving analogies. Just ignore I'm the, I'm the, uh, I'm the bowl of peanut M&Ms that sits out on the table that you end up filling up on waiting for the turkey because we're supposed to eat it too. And all of a sudden it's 4.30, I haven't eaten anything, and now I'm full on peanut M&Ms. <laughs> that might be too real, but, you know, I'm sorry. I think, I think it's a better analogy than anything I came up with. So, uh, all right, let's start at quarterback. Uh, which QBs are on your start list for the week? Well, I really like Derek Carr this week, who I think has been playing excellent football this season. And mm -hmm. it hasn't always translated to fantasy points, which I know disappoints a lot of people. But he was out there on Sunday night dealing against Patrick Mahomes, obviously one of the best in the game, if not the best. But, you know, he hung with them, and he put up a lot of fantasy production. Now – this week, I think this is another opportunity to go up against this Falcons defense that, you know, they've been playing better. 
recently. They've they've played better. They're not the dump. They're not the layup. They're not the swaggy C on the MTV <laughs> challenge. You know that you're just going to beat. <laughs> but they have allowed the second most fantasy or second most passing yards this season. They've allowed the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. They've allowed a top four quarterback in back to back games. So I feel very comfortable with Derek Carr. And let's talk a moment too about Taysom Hill who is a quarterback. I feel like he's a quarterback in every platform now. And uh, I think that this is a quarterback that you need to start. Like he scored, like he surprised me with how well he could throw the football down the field. That was kind of a, a nice surprise. I had him, I had him earmarked for about 180 yards. He got 233. That's pretty good. And of course the big news is that he rushed for 50 yards. He scored a pair of touchdowns. He's killing Alvin Kamara, but he doesn't care because this is what these <laughs> quarterbacks do. They like to take all their own, their own touchdowns, Josh Allen, Cam, they all do it. Once once you give them that taste of scoring rushing touchdowns, they want to do it. But Denver has allowed 20-plus uh, rushing quarter, uh, twenty plus fantasy points to quarterbacks in two of their last four games. They allowed 76 rushing yards to Cam Newton. So I feel pretty good about that. The great fantasy eligibility wars of 2020 are now over. Uh, Taysom Hill is, I think, universally a quarterback, regardless of the platform. And I'll, I'll agree with you. I went back and watched that game, and he made some really nice throws. Even the one throw that everybody sort of mocked the the you know, big air ball that Emmanuel Sanders ended up catching. You go back and watch it. He actually was getting hit as he threw that ball. So even that one, I think he sort of gets a pass on. So, uh, you know, hey. All the Taysom Hill haters, at least for one week, uh, have to kind of sit on it. Uh, running backs. So where are we going for running backs this week? Well, I just wanted to mention James Robinson. And I know it's probably an obvious start at this point. But I just want to give him a little bit of love. Like our friends down in Duval County, they've won one game this season. So I wanted to take an opportunity to say something nice about them. Because he has been so good this year, averaging close to 18 fantasy points. That's eighth, or excuse me, that's seventh amongst fantasy running backs. 15 touches. 10 fantasy points in every game this season. He's the only player in the league who can say that 10 plus fantasy points in 10 games uh, in all 10 games. Yeah. Alvin Kamara is the only one who's done that. And I guess he does. How does Alvin Kamara not have 15 touches? But anyways, uh, 75 plus scrimmage yards in eight of 10 games this season. Amari Cooper is the only other one to do that. So that's an easy one. And I'll stay in that game and talk a little bit about Kareem Hunt, who last week, you might have been a little bit disappointed because he didn't give you the production that you were hoping for. He was still good. Like, don't get it wrong. Like, don't get it twisted. He also had a touchdown called back. And I don't know if there's a way to quantify this, but I'm pretty confident that I lead the NFL in touchdowns overturned. Like, my players always get their <laughs> touchdowns overturned. And I'm sick of it. Like, I get it. I want to get it right. Like, I want to enjoy, like, the part of the fun of sports is, like, you score, you celebrate. It's not like score. Hey, let's make sure that was cool. We wait around. It's kind of like when I have to, you know, submit scripts for the hype. I don't do that anymore because I'm a big enough of a big shot to not have to do that. But anyways, start <laughs> Kareem Hunt this week, I think is what I'm trying to say. I like Tyler Lockett. Obviously, DK Metcalf to me is kind of the automatic start. But this matchup against the Eagles should be pretty good for both of these receivers. He did have, you know, he's still averaging. It's hard to look at his season average. Like, hey, he's averaging 19 fantasy points per game. This You're like, okay, he scored 50 in one game. That's always going to be a little bit of a skewed notion. Uh, but he has had at least 17 fantasy points in five of 10 games this season. Seattle is averaging three touchdown passes per game every game this season. That's what's significant. Listen, these touchdowns are volatile. We can tell you this is a good matchup and they're expecting to throw. I'm not Russell Wilson delivering that football. I can only give you that 
the information that this team throws with the football a lot. And another team that I expect to throw the football a lot, and we talked about Giovanni Bernard earlier in the show, Tyler Boyd, to me, still a pretty good option, you know? And I think that last year when they made the quarterback switch, Ryan Finley, who again is not starting, he targeted Tyler Boyd the most. And Tyler Boyd, of all these wide receivers on the Bengals, I feel like his production is the most sustainable because of the volume. Now they're going up against the Giants, who are playing really well. Like, the Giants are last year's Miami Dolphins, and so who finished off pretty strong. But the Giants have still allowed the ninth most fantasy points per game to slot receivers this, this year. So I feel really great about Tyler Boyd. Uh, Tyler, Tyler Boyd is just, like I said, I, I sort of have downgraded my expectations from wide receiver one to wide receiver two, but I still think you're starting him because they're going to throw the ball a lot. Uh, tight ends, which are always the bane of our existence. Uh, who are we dart throwing at this week? Not me, dog, because I start Travis Kelsey. <laughs> but you know what? Darren the baller waller could have stolen the show last week in that Sunday night game against the Chiefs. I mean, if the Chiefs would have left him wide open, like the Raiders did with Travis Kelsey on that on that winning touchdown. Like, really? Like, what's the game plan? Like, okay, we need to cover everybody. What about Travis Kelsey? No, 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 not him, but everybody else. But you know what? <laughs> Waller is really good. And the one thing I will caution is that Waller has faced some ups and downs over the last couple of weeks. Like, he's on this weird streak since the Raiders bye where he'll score double digits one week, then turn around with a minor performance. And if you're one of those guys who walks up to the roulette wheel and says, Oh, Black hasn't come up in a while and then loses all of your money, then fine, sit Waller this week. But not me, because the Falcons have allowed the most fantasy points to the tight end position this year. And another another tight end I like right there, Evan Ingram. You know, he wasn't great against the Eagles in Week 10, but he'd been on a nice little roll up until that point, scoring double digits in three consecutive games. And sometimes the game script is going to feed the tight end, but in that game against the Eagles, the wideouts were out there feasting. So, you know what? That kind of thing happens. The Bengals, though, have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends this season, and I swear, I think all of that was to Harrison Bryant, which, again, like, skews these averages, so I don't want to think about it way too much. But Ingram, to me, is still a – like, he's a solid start. He's a secure start. Sorry, Visa. I didn't mean to get that wrong. <laughs> uh, that reminds me of the time uh, a friend of mine had been playing seven on the roulette wheel uh, all night long, and then the one time he hit, he decides to not play it uh, is the one time it actually hits. So, of course, um, that's you know. the way that goes. Of course, that's the way it goes. Uh, if you're looking to stream defenses this week, uh, where do you suggest people go? Well, last week we told everybody to play the Cleveland Browns, and even when Miles Garrett went out, we were still pretty confident in them. We're like, no, nah, still stick with the Browns because they turn over the ball a lot. They give up a lot of sacks. And so if you have the Browns, well, the good news for you is that you're going to continue to use them this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And again, this is why I wanted to talk about James Robinson because I feel like we're always picking on the Jags. Uh, but we did great. You know what? And I'm not sure that we're going to get 20 points from them this week, but that's okay. Because uh, this is still a pretty good matchup. And, you know, obviously the waiver wire is already closed when by the time you're watching this, probably. So if, the, so if you have the Browns, congratulations. If not, go back and check. You know, they might still be there. Last week, man, I was in a, like a very important league. I picked up Rodrigo Blankenship, which was just the craziest thing to me. Like, oh, my gosh. So you never know. So go check the waiver wire. See if the Browns are still there. And if you miss out on them, hear me out on this. The Seattle Seahawks against the Philadelphia Eagles. I know they're having a historically bad year. And if you go and you read my stardom sit column, I'll be talking about starting guys like Dallas Goddard and Travis Fulgham. But at the same time, the Eagles have given up so many sacks 
turned the ball over so much, it would be foolish to overlook the Seahawks in this week. And the crazy thing is, is that the Seahawks are still rostered in a lot of leagues. You know what I'm saying? Like it's either out of habit or your buddy auto picked them and has ghosted your team. So he's still got them on the roster, which happens. But you know what? I think this is a pretty good opportunity. I think the Seahawks, you know, making the trade that they did has helped them out. Jamal Adams being healthy has helped them out. They're not historically bad anymore. They're just bad, but they're not historically bad. And they showed <laughs> in that game against the Cardinals that when they need to make a stop, they can do it, which I think that's all that offense really needs. That is all that, that offense really needs. And the fact that Carson Wentz for now sort of appears to be broken, uh, I think gives you reason to have a, a little bit of confidence in them this week. All right, there you go. That was Secure Starts presented by Visa. So we've gone from the starts. Now we got to go with the guys that you are sitting this week. So uh, back to the quarterback spot. Who should we avoid? Do we have to go to the sits? I don't know if you read the column. I'm sure you're busy. You don't. But like it used to be <laughs> five starts, five sits. Now it's seven starts, three sits. Because the quarterback <laughs> position is so difficult to find a guy that you don't want to start. And let's talk about Kirk Cousins for a moment. Last week, we talked about streaming him. And as a matter of fact, you look at the whole NFL media news group, there were two people who picked the Dallas Cowboys to win that game. Both of them are on this show right now. So just putting that out there is a little bit of a humble brag for us. Cousins, though, has been good. Like, he's he's been good given the opportunity. He had three touchdowns against the Cowboys. He's still Cousins. Um, he's benefiting from Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Like he has probably maybe the best receiving tandem. I really have to stop and sit and think about that. But as good as he was <laughs> against the Cowboys, he still had fewer than 20 fantasy points in seven of 10 games. And he's got a tough matchup against the Carolina Panthers who have allowed a top fantasy quarterback in four of 11 games. So they've done a really nice job against them. And another quarterback I'm a little bit concerned about this week, which we should be, is Carson Wentz, who finally got into double digits Last week, he did score 14 points against the Browns, which, okay, that's great. But he's gone 12 consecutive games without three passing touchdowns. He leads the NFL in interceptions with 14. He leads the NFL in fumbles with 10. He's been a fantasy. He's, he's cracked the top 10 twice this season. Hasn't been a top 15 guy in three consecutive games. Like, that's too much. Even against the Seahawks, which I know is it's the matchup everybody's looking forward to playing. No, not not with no teams on a bye. I can't imagine <laughs> playing Carson Wentz. Yeah, and I, I sort of had to look, just kind of give up the ghost on my idea that Carson Wentz could be a top 10 quarterback this year. It, it's falling apart right now, so uh, I'm slowly backing away from that one. Uh, running backs to avoid, who are they? I took the – listen, I took the cheapest way out. I picked Jarek McKinnon because I'm a coward. What running back <laughs> am I going to tell people not to play? Like, it's so ridiculous – that you just can't – I just can't do that. Hold on. Let me get oh, – that's not my doctor. Let me get rid of that one. Um, I can't <laughs> I can't do that. So, Jarek McKinnon, I know if Raheem Mostert returns, this is going to be a different situation because I would start Raheem Mostert. But no matter what, like if Raheem Mostert ends up being inactive or anything like that, you're still not playing Jarek McKinnon, which I know is the dumbest – like it's the dumbest piece of advice I could give you. Uh, and Melvin Gordon, no, I'll give you a legitimate running back you can't play. How about Melvin Gordon against the Saints? Uh, he's had fewer than five fantasy points in two out of his last three games. He had two touchdowns last week against the Miami Dolphins, and they tried to give him a third, even though he was 60 yards short of the goal line. They were still signaling touchdowns, and I'm like, who's out there refing this game? Is that Doug Eddings? Because that is the worst call 
that I've seen since 2005. But you know what? The Saints have not allowed a top 20 fantasy running back in six consecutive games. And if I can say something, if I can say something to you, sure. Philip Lindsay should be the running back they go to. What? You watch the games? Do you ever? I agree. You never, like, every time, like, who, like, I don't even have to, I don't even have, I can have the TV across the room. And if I see a running back dart through the line and get eight yards, I'm like, well, that's Philip Lindsay. If I see a guy <laughs> plodding into this, into the back of his, his his lineman, like, oh, there's Melvin Gordon. Like, I can tell that easy. It's frustrating. Give those touchdowns to Philip Lindsay, and we have a top 10 fantasy running back. Like, come on, Dick. I'm upset about this. I, I agree 100%. No, I, I, I'm fully with you, and I don't understand why Philip Lindsay uh, has to keep sharing workloads with, with other guys because he, he's been great for them three years in a row now, so I don't, I don't get it. Uh, wide receivers, who's on the sit list this week? We're not starting Corey Davis. We've had some questions, and, and Marcus, I, I don't want to say it was you, but somebody I know, I, I honestly don't remember, who was like, I didn't start A.J. Brown this week, and I'm like, that, that's, that's one I'm never going to do. Like, I'm always going to start A.J. Brown and uh, get him into the lineup. But I can't do it with Corey Davis. I think that this defense, this this Colts defense has proven to be too tough. Even though Corey Davis did well last time they played the Indianapolis Colts, I'm not going to go with him. So to me, I'm going to have to leave him on the bench. But A.J. Brown is somebody that I start every week, and I don't look at any other position. And the other wide receiver is going to be – let me take a moment here and really think about this. But you know what? I can't start Jerry Judy. And I think, again, this goes back to that Saints defense that has been playing very well over the past couple of weeks. And Drew Locke has played well in some spurts, and he had a nice game this week against, or he's, you know, they beat the Dolphins. So, But uh, I, I think the Saints defense, you know, for everything that we're talking about with Taysom Hill, and hey, everybody loves Taysom Hill, everybody loves what's going on with the offense, what are we doing with Michael Thomas, and all that stuff keeps coming up. The one thing that we're overlooking is how good that defense is. And I know this is a fantasy show, but it's like if the Saints are going to make a run this year, one of the reasons they're going to do it is because of that defense. So I try to avoid the opposing offensive players, obviously without starting Melvin Gordon or Jerry Judy. Yeah, the Saints defense has come back to life. Uh, I think starting with that that beatdown against the Buccaneers, uh, they've been back to the old Saints defense again. A uh, couple of tight ends, and it hurts my heart that Jonu Smith is on this list, but it makes sense that Jonu Smith is on this list. Well, the one problem with Jonu Smith is that he's so touchdown dependent, and they're trying to find ways to give him the football. And it's funny because I, I bench him every week, and then he scores a touchdown, and then I get super mad. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this doesn't – like, I'm so bummed because, you know, he just scored a touchdown, and then he still scores double-digit points. And you're like, oh, okay, so that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And so the problem with that is that unless he starts getting more volume as a receiver in the passing game, it's really hard to trust him. And he's going up against the Colts, who've really been tough on opposing tight ends this season. So I'm going to avoid him if possible. And another tight end I'm going to I'm going to avoid is Jimmy Graham. And I know it's a Jimmy Graham revenge game and I should have, you know, I should I should want him out there and I should want him being the guy who uh who is uh, you know, coming back to to make the Packers look foolish. But it's probably going to go the other direction. I I was thinking about this the other day. Like Jimmy Graham, I don't trust him cuz he doesn't get targeted enough. Like I saw him get pulled out near the goal line a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, "What are they doing?" 
Why is Jim? Well, first of all, they don't throw it to Allen Robinson enough. And then they pulled Jimmy Graham. I'm like, those are your two guys. So I'm going to do it. But I will tell you this. I'm going to go the other way. I really think that Bob Tunyon is going to have a monster game because I think Aaron Rodgers is going to stick it to Jimmy Graham for not coming through for them by giving three touchdowns to Bob Tanyan to watch that happen. Cause I I'm pretty confident that is going to be the case. This is a new level to the Aaron Rodgers petty party. Uh, and I'm, I'm pretty much here for it. So he needs cool. new levels. Cause he's so <laughs> bored with the other thing. Like it's too easy for him now. Like I've got to really go above and beyond, which I'm fully anticipating him doing. Plus, he's already annoyed that everybody's giving Patrick Mahomes credit for no-look passes when he feels like, you know, hey, I was doing this first. Uh, so the, the, the salt levels are rising for Aaron. I Rodgers. can only imagine what the conversations are like at those State Farm commercials. Where he's like, <laughs> oh. Uh, poor Jake. Poor Jake. Uh, defense to sit. Uh, defenses to sit. Which ones are they? Well, the two that I'm going to be talking about are the New England Patriots and the Atlanta Falcons this week. And I'm just going to let them roll the B-roll, and I will give you the information that you need. We're going to start with the New England Patriots. There we go. This was, again, this goes back to the muscle memory of let's just find a good – like let's rely on a defense that we relied on last year because I know a lot of teams probably won a fantasy football championship because of the the Patriots' defense. I know the fantasy footballers got to the finals of Fantasy League One – for two reasons. They stumbled into Darren Waller, which only happened because I already had Travis Kelsey and didn't need a tight end. And they got lucky with the Patriots defense. U- ultimately, they lost to Candace, which is, you know, to be expected. But I just feel like this Patriots defense has played well, but they're not getting enough sacks to really make them, you know, a formidable defense to get them over five fantasy points. Like it's hard. It's a struggle to get the five. And obviously the Falcons defense Again, this is so tough because when we're trying to put together these starts and sits, you're trying to find defenses that you think that you might be able to stream. I only I only mention the Falcons because I know that there are people out there who are still disrespecting Derek Carr, and you all know who you are. And I know that there's 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 getting to be fewer and fewer of them because before the season started, the you know a lot of people were talking about when. Marcus Mariota was going to take over and things like that. And they were going to bring in Tom Brady or whatever it was. So I know there's still some holdouts of you that'll look and be like, Oh, I want to start a defense against Derek Carr. You don't. And I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm with you. Derek Carr's been playing good football. Derek Carr's playing well. Nelson Aguilar is playing well. Like the jokes need to stop. Like it's over. They're playing good. Now, if they go back to being bad, then we can revisit this conversation. But for now, uh, put some respect on their names because they're retire they're the unlike Aguilar meme forever. We need a new meme for Nelson Aguilar. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I still sort of giggle when I see the guy's face, but we need a new meme for Nelson Aguilar because that can, one, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't apply anymore. It just I got an idea. Yes. Can we go find that guy and have him say, oh, he's catching it like Aguilar. Let's find that dude. Get on it, Philly. Look, Philadelphia is great at finding people like that. Like, go after, come on, Philly. Like, do us a solid, and let's find this guy, and let's let's right this wrong. Let's make put it right. on TikTok, uh, and let's go. Absolutely, I'm a hundred percent that. I would actually, you know, look at TikTok more regularly if that were to happen. <laughs> Who knows? Um, for the rest of Adam Rank starts and sits, go check him out at NFL.com/slash/start. Sit. But we've got 
two Thanksgiving Day games. Uh, we were going to have three, but as we mentioned at the top of the show, Ravens and Steelers has been postponed to Sunday. So uh, we'll start with the first game of the day, which is the Texans at the Lions, which uh, look, it, it, it is Thanksgiving tradition to have the Detroit Lions play, even if the game doesn't necessarily get a lot of folks fired up. There are some fantasy-relevant guys involved in here. First off, Duke Johnson, who I know <laughs> I know how you feel about Duke Johnson. You are a fan, uh, as am I. Even though he hasn't necessarily played well, the Lions' run defense has been bad, so could this be a get-right game for Duke? I really hope so. And I feel bad because in my second city league, I dealt Duke Johnson to my friend Craig, and I'm like, bro, you got to start him. He's scuffling to get into the playoffs. My team is flush with running back, so I didn't need Duke. But I, I if it's if it doesn't happen, it's going to be one of these things, Marcus, where it's like I'm such a DC fan that I remember the, the, the day I walked in to go see Wonder Woman. And I remember saying to myself, if this movie doesn't work out, it, it might not ever work out for old DC. Like it might it might be one of those things where I might have to give up I might have to give up the uh, you know standing for this for this franchise. And similarly, it feels like if Duke doesn't come through in this game, this might be it for me because this is his this is his chance. This is a, I think I saw a cool meme too where somebody was using the 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 scene from Little Big League where he's like, "Give me one more, give me one more <laughs> chance," and that's what it feels like with Duke Johnson. Probably true. Uh, I think in deeper leagues you're playing him. I, you know, and look, if, if I'm playing a bunch of different daily lineups, I would give him a shot there. I don't know that you know in like a ten or twelve team league, I'm looking at it. Uh, and speaking of which, by the way, the the DC movies I feel like with with female leads have done well. Like Wonder Woman was great. Uh, Birds of Prey Birds was of Prey. great. So I don't know. Maybe that's. Uh, I'm just. Well, you I'm just throwing out suggestions, DC. They've Just been on quite a roll lately because Shazam was really yeah. good too. I know that's not a female lead, but Shazam was also good. That's true. Okay, so maybe they're turning a corner. Who knows? I think uh, so. You know, I'm I'm not sure about the future of the MCU, so maybe it's time for the DCU to step up and fill the void. Here we go. Uh, better DFS play: Will Fuller or Brandon Cooks? I always default to Will Fuller. That's I just feel like anytime he steps onto the field, he's <laughs> got an opportunity to get into the end zone. And I know that they they spread the ball a little bit around last week. Kiki QT got into the end zone, which was kind of a consternation because it's – I know it's not the same body type, but you still – he wear, QT wears 16, so you're like, ah, nope, dang it. Brandon Cooks played really well. You know, it was his revenge game. I thought that the Belichick petty party was going to take out Brandon Cooks, but apparently they decided wisely that, that Will Fuller was going to be the player. I don't think that – I don't think the um, – I don't think the Lions are going to be able to take him out of this game. So I'm going to go with Will Fuller. And uh, that's uh, that's another one of my guys that I always feel like it's an automatic for me. I know it's probably probably better value to go with Brandon Cooks, but I still I still lean towards Will Fuller. I agree. Uh, I, I have been on the Will Fuller, Will Fuller train all year long, and I'm not really ready to get off now. Um, I, I'm never surprised when Brandon Cooks has a good game. I know it's always within the realm of possibility, but uh, just the connection that Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller have had over the last two or three years uh, still sort of rings true to me. So that's the guy I tend to lean with. Uh, and, you know, if I'm burned by it, so be it. I'm sticking to my guns uh, on that one. Um DeAndre Swift missed last week with a concussion. He, uh, at last check, was upgraded, was limited in practice earlier in the week. So we're still not sure whether or not he's going to go. Obviously, it's a short week for the Lions. If he can't go, uh, do you feel okay with Adrian Peterson in the lineup? 
I think this is the matchup where I would actually feel pretty good about it. Like I, <laughs> I think it goes without saying that we would prefer that DeAndre Swift was the running back. And I don't know if I was talking about this on the air or off the air as I just made a trade with a team that's very close to the playoffs. A lot of it is, is in, is, is counting on DeAndre Swift being available this week. Cause I, I don't, I'm basically starting the playoffs this week just cause I, I can't afford to lose any more games. I do have Adrian Peterson in reserve, but the good news for me, I'll, I'll put, there are other running backs I would start over him. I go, for my, I know not everybody has this issue, but I have like Antonio Gibson. So I have a, my backup running back is Antonio Gibson. Cause I have Eckler, I have Eckler and Swift. So that's, oh, so this is such a good team. I just need everybody to get healthy. Uh, but I think like guys like Antonio Gibson, I feel a little bit more comfortable with. I know we talked about Giovanni Bernard earlier. I would probably lean towards him as well. But I would certainly take Adrian Peterson over like the Rams running backs, any of the 49ers running backs. There's some situations where you would go with Adrian Peterson. I wouldn't dismiss it. I know a lot of us might because we're like, oh, this old man's still playing. But you know what? He can still go when he needs to. This is a good matchup for running backs. So I would feel pretty comfortable, as comfortable as I could be if I had to go with Adrian Peterson. I know this isn't necessarily, you know, traditional, uh, logical fantasy football analysis, but I just have a feeling that on Thanksgiving Day, uh, Adrian Peterson, you know, like I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the game you see him with, with uh, you know, standing in front of a microphone holding a turkey leg or something like that because he went out and had like 120 yards and two touchdowns, right? It just It just feels like it could be one of those games. Although then again, if he's standing there with the mic holding a turkey leg, that means the Lions won, which doesn't happen on Thanksgiving. So uh, scratch that. But anyway, I do think Adrian Peterson can go out and have a good game. Um, I, I, I wouldn't make him the first and foremost start for me, but um, I could see him as being a good daily play, and I could see him in deeper leagues being a guy uh, that you put into your lineup. Take a look now at the second of the two Thanksgiving Day games. It's a battle for a share of first place in the NFC East, believe it or not, uh, between a pair of to uh, be a pair of three-win teams, uh, the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys, which, look, I, I know it's tradition to have the Cowboys play, but I feel like if they're going to play, they should play Washington. I mean, it is the, the big rivalry. Uh, it just makes sense to have them play on Thanksgiving Day, so whatever. Uh, anyway, Alex Smith did not have a great game last week in a matchup we thought he could succeed at against the Bengals. He's got a great matchup this week uh, against a team we think he can could succeed against in the Cowboys. Uh, do we trust him to bounce back? this week why do we ever trust alex smith yeah that was a that was a pregnant pause right there because it <laughs> i got burned again last week and it was the thing about like i've been an alex smith fan for so long and now he always ends up burning me and so by the way i just noticed like if i'm looking up at my monitor i apologize to everybody because i just i got my notes i got a new setup so this is why things are happening this is why it's a calamity Week 12, week 11, I'm starting to get all this new equipment. But the one thing about Alex Smith, though, is that every time that we think, and this is throughout his history as a starting quarterback, every time that we think like this is Alex Smith's week, he never comes through. And I don't know why I bought in so hard last week. And it's one of those things where when you come out and you say something, you're like, you know what, I got to back up what I'm saying. Like, I can't sit here and be like, start Alex Smith and then not do it myself. And I did, and it burned me. And so I like the fact that this is a good matchup for him. And now that everybody is off, this is when he comes back, baby. This is Alex Smith's time. So, yes, this is when I trust him. I don't trust him, but I trust him, if that makes sense to you. I get it. I get it. Uh, I do think he has a good game this week. I think, though, that with, with no quarterbacks on a bye, 
Um, you know, That's... look, everybody, everybody's lineup varies, so I can see where you might have to start him. But I think with with no teams on a buy, you probably have a better option uh, in your lineup. Um, so I would, I probably wouldn't start him, but I get it if you do. And look, you can at least tell yourself that this is a good matchup. Um, it's not a good matchup for C.D. Lamb. He was good last week. Do we think he can be good this week against Washington? Well, I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a middle-of-the-road thing because he's had double-digit fantasy points in his last two games. So I really do like him. And this was one of the things we talked about last week when both of us were out there picking the Cowboys to beat the Vikings. But by the way, the only two members of the NFL media who made that prediction that notwithstanding, <laughs> I like CeeDee Lamb. I think that I I somehow, for some reason, found him on a waiver wire today. I'm like, okay, like I must be playing with a bunch. Well, I'm nine and two. So I it's a it's a it's a luxury for me to have him. But I really do. I, I think people have given up on this Cowboys offense and for for good reason. They weren't playing very well, but I think now that Andy Dalton is back. They've shown that during certain matchups, they'll go out there and they'll perform pretty well. You're correct in that this is a tough matchup. So without looking at your roster specifically, I can't say whether you would start him or not. But I definitely think that in some instances as a wide receiver three, I think he's going to be a great option. I think I feel like he's the most consistent receiver in that offense i mean amari cooper is amari cooper which means you ride the highs and the lows uh michael gallup is maybe good for a play here or there but not enough for you to start him cd lamb is like the one guy they keep coming back to so uh i think if anything that's what you hang your hat on even if the matchup's not great and you hope that uh kind of what we saw from andy dalton last week is what continues in some respect this week so um, you know, again, everybody's roster varies. I could see an argument for flexing C.D. Lamb maybe as a, a second or third wide receiver uh, and, and starting him there. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott had 100 yards for the first time this season last week against the Vikings. Other than that, he's been just okay. Uh, he doesn't have a rushing touchdown, I think, since like week five. It's been a while. Um, how, what are we expecting? How are we feeling about Zeke this week? I don't believe that he's going to get 100 yards against this Washington FT defense. Who's They've been playing pretty well. I mean, the strength of this team was always going to be in their front seven, and it's pretty much shown that way through the entire year. There is opportunities for him to catch the ball out of the backfield. I do believe that he's always a threat there, caught a touchdown last week. So obviously you're starting him. The rushing might not be there. You're going to need him to catch a couple of passes, but I – you know, again, who are you Who are you starting over him? I can't imagine you're in a situation where if you have Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook on your team, then, yeah, I would probably leave him on the bench. But, you know, given everything else, he's going to be starting for you. Expect around his average right there, around 68 yards. Hopefully he gets around three receptions, gets about 20, 20 yards there. That gets you into double digits. Then you're just hoping for the touchdown. I mean, for as frustrating as he's been, he's still a running back six, which I don't know if that says something about the running back position or, or what have you. So um, it's not the season you might have expected from Ezekiel Elliott, but he's not exactly killing you uh, when you compare him to other running backs uh, across the National Football League. So, yeah, start him. Uh, the numbers might not be exciting, but they haven't been exciting all year long, and you keep starting Ezekiel Elliott, so I don't know why uh, you would stop right now. It's time for Fast Connections, presented by Verizon. We always end the show on Wednesday with some wiretaps. Guys, you might have snatched off the waiver wire, and whether or not you're starting them. The first one, uh, you sort of alluded to this earlier in the show. Derek Carr against the Falcons. Uh, we both agree that he's playing well. 
uh, I would assume you would lean toward giving him a start uh, under the right situation. Yeah, you know, and I apologize for not making this distinction earlier when we were talking about him. They play the Jets next week as well. So if you're looking for a quarterback that you need to sustain yourself for a couple of weeks, I don't know, perhaps. I know that some people, like uh, Steve Lemmy, he's on, I don't know if you watch Tacoma FD. He had this question because he had Drew Brees and Joe Burrow, and he's been looking for a quarterback. And Derek Carr was actually the one that I brought up because not only does he have a great matchup this week against the Falcons, but he's got the Jets next week too. So that's a two-week stretch, so you don't have to worry about you know dropping him and trying to find another quarterback the following week. Yeah, any, any quarterback like that this time of year is pretty much gold. And if you have him in a two-quarterback league, you're feeling really good about yourself Wonderful. heading into the playoffs. Uh, and then Demir Bird, who's taking on the Cardinals, who had a huge week last week. Um, I know it's been sort of split between he and Jacoby Myers, but would you would you give Demir Bird some run, say, in a deeper league? Deeper leagues for sure. You know, a couple of weeks ago when we were – I think it was a Thursday edition. Yeah, whenever we do the stacks on NFL Fantasy Live, is I had the Cam Newton Demir Bird stack, and it was the week that Jacoby Myers went off. So I'm like, I was so close on nailing this, <laughs> but we really, I really liked what we saw out of Cam. You know, he ran, he did not rush for a lot of yards last week. He threw for over 360, and I'm just saying that he can throw the football. And I think that Demir Bird is somebody who could step up and be a good player. And by the way. Demir Bird, revenge game. And he's Ooh, going against the very birds. True. Very true. That's what a, do you want? That what is more a, do you want, thing. guys? That, is, that might be reason to put him in the lineup. Uh, yeah, deeper leagues, I think you're, he's worth a shot. I even plug him into a couple of daily lineups just because, uh, you know, you never really know where Cam's going to go with the football. But it's pretty much split between Myers and Bird ever since Julian Edelman went down. So uh, I love that as a stack um, again. Going back to that, I think that's a that's a fun Ooh. stack with the that would be a fun stack, and if it hits, you can sort of lord it over people for a while. Yeah. So, uh, all right, there you go. That was Fast Connections presented by Verizon. Of course, uh, tomorrow is Thanksgiving, so I did want to take this opportunity to say how thankful I am for uh, being able to do this show, and uh, you know, certainly for having Adam Rank here and the producers that we have working on it, and for uh, everybody out there. Who watches this show as well? Uh, I hear from a lot of you guys via social media, uh, and I'm I'm humbled, I'm flattered uh, that you guys watch this thing regularly uh, and you take it to heart. So I appreciate it. I hope everybody is safe and healthy and happy where they are. Uh, and uh, yeah, in the meantime, that is it. I'm getting the wrap up sign here. That is <laughs> it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by DraftKings. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember. Thanksgiving dinners are consumed in 12 minutes. Half times are 12 minutes. This is not a coincidence. Be safe, take care of yourselves, wear a mask, and we will see you on Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.